was invited to Shinano, Asan went to see him. Hakuin confronted her with the sound of one hand. Asan immediately spoke an extemporaneous verse saying, even better than hearing's Hakuin's sound of one hand, clap both hands and do business. Hakuin also drew a picture of a bamboo broom and gave it to Asan. Asan wrote on it, sweeping away all the bad teachers in Japan, first of all, Hakuin. Hakuin smiled. When Asan's sickness in her old age became serious, her sons and daughters surrounded her seeking some last words. Asan laughed and said in verse, in this world where not even a drop of dew on a leaf or a word remains, what sort of saying should I leave? You know, uh, Asan, um, which uh, indicates that she was an old lady, um, she met with Hakuan and this is like true meeting. Um, the uh, unanimity between them, uh, the accord, uh, the humour um, is absolutely um, shows their intimacy. Uh, truly, they were uh, completely complicit in the great matter. Uh, they were no less than companions in crime, uh, you could say. <laughs> so it said that one morning uh, when she was sitting when our son was sitting she heard the crow of the rooster and her mind suddenly opened um, and she immediately composed a verse this is so much the case in Zen history. There's realization and then a poem um, flows immediately forth uh, from that, from the overflowing heart. And let's face it, from who knows where. Um, yeah. The fields, the mountains, the flowers, and my body too are the voice of the bird. What is left that can be said to hear. Yeah. That. Uh, Look, where's a decent rooster when you need one? <laughs> took everything away. It took all her possessions away and left her completely bereft. Um, nothing left over that could be said to hear at all. So at that moment, uh, who was hearing? It said that uh, henceforth her wit was extremely sharp and even Zen monks with long experience were often nonplussed by her. Yeah. Her dharma, grounded in clear experience, left them all for dead. Um, she draws water from the deepest well of all, and she's certainly not faced by monkish kinds like uh, um, sound of one hand <laughs> being thrown at her. We shouldn't take away from the sound of one hand, though. This is a great koan. On, uh, she, she goes to, when uh, Hakuin comes to town, uh, to Shinano, she goes to visit him. And uh, there's a wonderful encounter. 
between the two of them. Just uh, so much you could say about Huckerwin, there's no time um, to go into this at depth, but I love the fact that he's a contemporary of J.S. Bach, almost exactly, 1686 to 1769, with a comparable power of depth and uplift. Uh, he revived the Rinzai School from deep stagnation, refocusing it on its traditional rigorous training methods, including serious committed Zen practice. An important part of Hakuin's practice uh, was his painting and calligraphy. He took up painting only late in life, uh, at almost age 60, but he is recognised as one of the greatest of Zen uh, painters. Uh, his paintings reveal uh, the spirit of Zen, uh, serving as they're kind of visual sermons, really. And they were extremely among popular among lay people of that time, um, many of whom were illiterate. Whoever you were, Harkwin found a way uh, to be able to communicate, to convey the Dharma. But even without the paintings, Harkwin's impact on Japanese Zen was incalculable. Uh, his writings are among the most inspiring in Japanese literature. He lived the way with such fidelity and intensity that the following story may actually be quite believable. Here it goes. A beautiful Japanese girl whose parents owned a food store lived near Hakuin. One day, without any warning, her parents discovered she was pregnant. This made her parents angry. She would not confess who the man was, but after much harassment, at last she named Hakuin. In great anger, the parents went to the master. Is that so? Uh, asked Sodeska, was all he would say. After the child was born, it was brought to Hakuin. By this time, he had lost his reputation. You know, the place where he lived, Hara, uh, was a very small place indeed. You can imagine the gossip in the households uh, and in the pub. Being a lecherous priest, no matter what you said in your defence, you'd fail every pub test. Maybe the deeper the shame, uh, the deeper the reserves. When shame is small, uh, we often don't handle it well. Um, but maybe in such obliterating disgrace, um, Hakuin was able in Hakuin to on, draw on the depths of his experience and was there for, for this. Um, Apparently unmoved, Hakuin took very good care of the child. He obtained milk from his neighbours and everything else that the child needed, he got by begging. A year later, the girl could stand it no longer. She told her parents the truth. The real father of the child was a young man who worked in the fish market. The mother and father of the girl at once went to Hakuin to ask forgiveness, to apologise at length and to get the child back. Hakuin smiled and willingly yielded the child, saying, Is that so? Uh, it's good to hear this baby has her father. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's also beautiful because by this time, he was probably very much attached to, to the baby, um, to this baby girl. But again, it's this matter of um, being there for what is, uh, in all its intensity. 
that's what the practice and the way asks of us. Um, this is the ultimate in accepting all offers. Finally, uh, Hakuin created the famous koan, what is the sound of one hand? Um, it comes uh, from uh, a comment by Suedo, who was the compiler of the, the great collection of koans, the Blue Cliff record. Um, he collected the koans and wrote verses on the various koans. Um, so Hakuin took the koan from the Blue Cliff record, and I wanted to spend a little bit of time exploring this because it's marvellous dharma. Uh, here in this. His students, both monastic and lay, sat with it and found that it was a path to encountering, encountering their true and timeless nature. This is as true today as it was in Hakuin's time. Regarding this great koan, there is no time barrier at all. It is as alive today or tonight on Zoom as it was in Hakuin's temple at Hara back in the 18th century. Hakuin said, you know the sound of two palms. What is the sound of a single palm? Um, it is not. It is not. Uh, what is the sound of one hand clapping, um, as it's popularly uh, known in the West? Um, is this cost me an illustrious gig? Uh, I was supposed to do the music for the film called What is the Sound of One Hand Clapping? Uh, which is based on Richard Flanagan's novel, Rolf de Hare was, um, um, <laughs> he was producing the film. And so they were in contact with me and I, I rang Richard Flanagan in Tasmania and uh, I'm in with proper humility because I love the novel and think it's a marvelous novel. I said, actually the true Khan is um, just what is the sound of one hand um, thereafter the deal disappeared on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, there are sacrificial aspects uh, to this. I'm 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 happy, and it's a, you know I treated it lightly, but yeah. So I remember taking this koan to kids' workshops, uh, touring with my friend Tosmani in the country, and we uh, I, I give them what is the sound of one hand, and the children would do things like um, or. Um, And things like that, but not that way, not that way either. It, it's great. You just get rid of all these different uh, options. So Hakuin challenged Asan um, with the Khan, what is the sound of one hand? Asan um, immediately spoke a extemporaneous verse saying, even better than hearing Hakuin's sound of one hand, clap both hands and do business. I love her. She's so feisty. She goes one better than him. She's saying or implying, Master, aren't you stuck in emptiness? Uh, isn't it time you engage with the real life of this bustling world, buying and selling, profit and loss? Uh, in the light of this, she's saying, what is the sound of one hand as you engage the teller in the bank? What is the sound of one hand as you venture across a busy street? Um, Hakuin then rapidly drew a picture of a bamboo broom and gave it to Asan. Well, uh, what is the sound of one hand when you wield the broom? He's challenging her. And it's a wonderful anecdote with 
Hakun when he's working on the Koan Mu, um, he's standing under an old woman's window. Uh, she's the one story up. And he's going, Mo, Mo. She gets so fed up, she comes downstairs with the broom and bangs him over the head uh, with it. And this is said to be the occasion of an awakening for Hakuin. So the broom has a little bit of ref back reference there. So Hakuin then rapidly drew a picture of, uh, of a bamboo broom and gave it to our son. Well, what is the sound of one hand as you wield the broom? Uh, Asan wrote on it, sweeping away all the bad teachers in Japan. First of all, Hakuin. Uh, there's so much humor and so much trust as they share this deepest matter. Hakuin roared with laughter. Um, it's a laugh that expresses their complicity in the deepest matter. Truly, they are companions in crime. With an awakening like Hassan's, you realize that the wind that moves the branches, no less than the smell of petrol, is your genuine nature, and the face of the stranger is no other than your own. You don't have to try to make this so, it's simply given. You don't have to deserve it either, any more than you have to deserve your life. This is the rising of the sun. This is the coming back to life after the obligatory death. This is the vastness, now alive and glinting with the wetness of your eyes, the loveliness of your limbs, and the unrepeatable angles of your irony. After the shock and the joy of true meeting come confidence and equanimity in their time. Something has opened that is alive and at ease. It animates your action in the world. Its power and energy surface from unknowable depths. You are enlivened and without knowing it, you move others. You preach vigorously with your simple good morning and in your laughter quickened by wind and sunshine. Your simplest acts, picking up a cup or listening attentively can touch and enliven others. So um, Hakuin returned to Chinese koan source. When he was revitalizing uh, the Rinzai line in Japan, he went back to ancient China um, and worked on koans um, to create a, a vast koan curriculum. And one of the sources is the Blue Cliff Record. And this is koan of the National Teacher's Seamless Tomb, where he discovered um, the roots of the Khan of what is the sound of one hand. Um, just a very quick background. The Emperor Daizong lived from 675. I'm um, oh, sorry. Um, the national teacher Nanyang here lived from 675 to 775. He lived for 100 years. Um, he was the teacher of three emperors, which is um, a very challenging gig, uh, indeed. Uh, imagine being the spiritual advisor to Donald Trump, for instance. Um, uh, I'm sure there were equivalent experiences for uh, Nanyang, the national uh, teacher. Um, during um, his long teaching career, the various schools of Zen, or at least their or original 
schools, all formed, but he had very little to do with any of that. He taught outside of those, outside of the rancorous uh, spiritual politics of his time. And uh, maybe that was a factor in him living for a hundred years. Um, but here he is um, with the emperor Daizhong, um, who's the third of these three emperors. Um, so here it goes. Emperor Daizhong asked Nanyang Weizhong, after a hundred years, that is after you have died, what do you want me to do? Build a seamless tomb for this old monk, replied the national teacher. I asked the national teacher, please show me the design of the tomb, said the emperor. The national teacher sat quietly for a while, then asked, do you understand? The emperor said, I do not understand. The national teacher said, I have a Dharma successor, Dan Juan. Please send for him and ask him about it. After the national teacher's death, the emperor sent for Dan Juan and asked him what was his teacher's idea. Dan Juan said, south of Xiang, north of Tan. Uh, Suedo, commenting on this, said, the single palm of the hand does not make a sound in vain. Within it, there is gold that fills the land. Suedo said, a natural staff without artificial work. Beneath the shadowless tree, a ferry boat. The commentator said, the sea is calm, the river is clear. Suedo said, in the crystal palace, there is no one who knows. Suedo said, the Tesho is finished. So after a hundred years, uh, when the, the, the Emperor Daizhong is very reverent um, and he probably made a, a large conversion through his work with the national teacher to become a Buddhist and to institute um, Buddhist practice um, and monasteries in the kingdom. It said the kingdom became a lot less powerful under the third of these emperors, Daizhong. Um, yeah. So when the emperor asked us after a hundred years, it, this is a respectful detour around the more blunt after you have died. He doesn't say after you have died. Oh, after a hundred years, what would you like me to do for you? Um, Build a seamless tomb for this old monk, replied the national teacher. Well, most, tomb, most tombs clearly have seams and joints, um, you know. Uh, this uh, seamless tomb is very subtle and very compelling. So the emperor says, I asked the national teacher, please show me the design of the tomb. The national teacher sat quietly. conveying the tomb in its fastness. It is no other than you yourself, uh, unpreoccupied with yourself, utterly at rest in the vastness as that vastness 
seamless, timeless, fast beyond reckoning. But the emperor didn't didn't get it. So the national teacher says, I have a Dharma successor, Dan Wan. Uh, please send for him and ask him about it. So after the national teacher's death, the emperor sent for his successor, Dan Wan, uh, for uh, the successor, Dan Wan, who had been the national teacher's attendant, and asked him what was his teacher's idea. Dan Wan replied with a verse. Again, everyone is bursting into poetry here. And what a verse he composed to convey the design of the seamless tomb. Understand in terms, this is no other than your true nature in its vastness, its darkness and immensity. South of Siang, north of Tan. The single palm of the hand does not make a sound in vain. Within it, there is gold that fills the land, a natural staff without artificial work. Beneath the shadowless tree, a ferry boat. The sea is calm, the river is clear. In the crystal palace, there is no one who knows. The Tesho is finished. This seamless term is embodied by each of us. Um, it's south of Siang, it's north of Tan. Xiang Tan was a district south of Changsha, the ancient capital of China in Hunan. South of Xiang, north of Tan means everywhere and nowhere. This is the, the seamless term. Or we might frame it as south of everywhere, north of nowhere. Um, in its vastness, um, it is so. The Blue Cliff Record compiler Suedo uh, comments. The single palm of the hand does not make a sound in vain. You bet. And this is the line that gave birth to Hakuin's, uh, what is the sound of a single hand, some 800 years later. The single palm of the hand does not make a sound in vain, is a depth charge with a very, very delayed explosion. So still on the seamless tomb, within it, there is gold that fills the land. What is that gold? Each of us in our uniqueness, uh, here in Sushin, uh, some of us in night, some of us uh, in daylight, each of us unique, um, irreducibly different from each other, with different aspirations, different loves, different appetites, different lives, um, each bright and brilliantly ourselves, uh, along with the cat, the hibiscus, the blue sky, uh, uh, your feet uh, under you. <laughs> Where are your feet? Suedo commented, a natural staff without artificial work. It's just praising it. No embellishments. No, just that. You know, uh, Shunra Suzuki said, there is nothing mystical apart from ordinary things. 
there is nothing, he doesn't say that there is nothing mystical. He says there is nothing mystical apart from ordinary things. This very, very beautifully conveys that uh, sacred conjunction. Uh, beneath the shadowless tree, a ferry boat. Shadowless tree. Can the universe cast a shadow? This is the ferry boat waiting to transport all beings to the other side. I wonder what the other side is. Swedo said, the sea is calm, the river is clear. Look, he has nothing to add. <laughs> the sea is calm, the river is clear. Everything is at rest. Don't let the matter of the other side trouble you for one moment. So uh, the poet Swedo says, sorry, I beg your pardon, uh, Danwan says, finally, in the Crystal Palace, there is no one who knows. All, each and all, brilliantly, uniquely, ourselves, uh, each one with our knowing, uh, being clear about this, being clear about that. That is all good. And yet, at the deepest level, there is no one who knows. Swedo said, the Taisho is finished. As indeed it is. Mm -hmm. 